substantive football. If you ain't in, get out. This is the Training Camp Report on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Presented by Bud Light, America's favorite light lager. FedEx, where now meets next. Lecom, Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine campuses in Erie, Greensburg, Elmira, New York, and Bradenton, Florida. By your neighborhood Ford store. Excella Health, Expert Care, here. And by Ireland Contracting, Pittsburgh's number one home exterior expert. Call 1-800-NEW-ROOF or visit irelandcontracting.com. Hour two of the Bud Light Steelers training camp report underway with Tom Opferman and Matt Williamson. Matt, there were five quarterbacks taken in the first round of the draft this year. I think all five of them teams have pretty high expectations for them right out of the gate. Yeah, Trey Lance definitely starting to accelerate some plans in San Francisco. We'll get to that in a second. But at the top of it all, the most anticipated dude is Trevor Lawrence. I don't think there's been hype around a quarterback like this since probably Andrew Luck came out of college, came out of Stanford to the Colts, took the Colts to the playoffs in his very first season. Jaguars hoping to capture that lightning in the bottle with Trevor Lawrence. A little disappointed, though, Matt, because it was supposed to be on NFL Network at 7, and right now it was the Ravens and the Saints game. So yeah, I'm, ho- I'm, I'm hoping here looking they cut to that commercial again. and they, they come back with Trevor Lawrence because as much as it is intriguing to see Jameis Winston get broken in as the starter <laughs> in, in New Orleans, I think we all would rather see Trevor make his debut in the NFL. Me too. Yeah. I mean, I, I was looking over going, oh, great, we're going to get that game. And you said it's birdies, Saints, which rubbed me wrong. I, Ron Woodson's one of the, the Tom. I saw that like, too. What's going on there? That just doesn't settle well with my soul. No. But anyway, um, and I would like to watch the Ravens as well, but I'd love to see Lawrence I think he's a superstar prospect, a rare luck-like prospect. I mean, he's Mario, he's Sid, you know, he comes out at LeBron. Any year right. he's the first pick in the draft, and anyone can take him. Um, I don't have a lot of reservations about him at all. I do wonder about that coaching staff, if they're prepared to handle what the NFL is all about, and we'll see. But he's got a pretty good supporting cast around him, and I think he'll be pretty successful right off the bat. Yeah, if he's good – yeah, I mean, not saying he's going to be great right away, but if he's just a good quarterback, they could be a decent team in the NFL this they year. Could. They got weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Yep. Two really good running backs. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you don't know that much about Etienne, how he's going to translate, but it looks like he'll be a pretty solid back. And then Robinson, as an undrafted free agent last year, goes for 1,000 yards. So yeah. They have a solid running game that they can lean on to break him in, but I think you're right. The question lies with Urban Meyer and just how is he going to translate to mm-hmm. the NFL game. and. Already kind of see some weird stuff where he's Definitely creating stuff. a fake position battle kind of with Gardner Minshew and Trevor Lawrence. And I, one hand, I kind of get it because it's like you don't want to hand it to any rookie, but that's the rookie that you hand it to. I mean, that's the yeah. one that you just you know from week one. I mean, the Jets hand it to Wilson. The media I mean, like, yeah. knows that Everybody you're gonna knows. that you're lying to him when you say, "Well, we don't know who it's going to be. It's either Minshew or or, or Lawrence." Yes, and he has done weird things. Tim I mean, Tebow at the top of that list, as right? Well. And the strength coach he hired, who has a bad track record, and things like that that you just don't get away with at this level. And I mean, that organization's gone through some very difficult times, obviously, no doubt. Um, one thing about that situation, though, is I think Minshew's good, and I'm not Certainly. saying yeah, I think he's a lot better than people think, and I'm not implying. The Steelers should trade for him and make him Ben's successor. But I think Minshew's a starting quarterback and might have a Ryan Fitzpatrick-like career, you know, over the next 10, 12 years. Yeah, Yeah, or maybe even a little better. I think he's pretty good. So it wouldn't blow me away if Minshew actually looked a little better, a little comfortable in practice. 
or they're making it, you know, holding it out so somebody offers them a third round pick for him or something okay. along those lines. Maybe there's some gamesmanship Gassing there. Gassing him up a little bit. Making yeah. people think he's a little more valuable than they might think. Possibly. Or a quarterback gets hurt and they get a call or, you know. But who are you fooling? Yeah, I mean. It's Trevor Lawrence, it's Trevor right? Trevor Lawrence, right. Exactly. He's going to start. I mean, it's why, 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 you, it's why you took this job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know Urban I mean? has right. had all the opportunity in the world to break into the NFL. It's not like team. this is the first team that just decided to call Urban up and see if he wanted to give this a try. Right. It was all about the quarterback. It's all about Lawrence. Why would you delay the inevitable? E even if he's not, you know, going to be great. Maybe he has like a Peyton Manning-esque rookie season sure. where there's Drake a lot of struggle Manning. there. Yeah, right. At least you get that first season under his belt so that the next year, the year after that, he's comfortable and he could start maybe getting you towards the playoffs. Yeah, and you mentioned I like his supporting cast in terms of his skill position players, LaVisca Sinault and DJ Chark, and their offensive line doesn't get a lot of credit, and it's not great, but they're returning the same five guys for the third year in a row, and there's some continuity there, and they have not been the problem up front. So uh, I think the offense will be decent. I think the defense still has a lot of work, you know, but Lawrence is a transcendent talent, and I can't wait to watch him. I think I can't wait to watch the other four in this draft class as well. Mm -hmm. And we're, we we're saw Mac Jones. Yep, we'll yep. get to all of them. But quickly, Taysom Hill jogging out on the field for the Saints, getting the start. Not sure if Winston's not available or not, but they're not going to do this, are they? Where Peyton's going to go with Taysom Hill because I think Winston is clearly the guy in New Orleans to at least get the start at the beginning of the season. I agree, and I'm a Winston apologist slash believer. He had a rough go of it in Tampa. No question. They they attempted the most difficult throws in the league. <laughs> and I know he threw a million picks. But he's gotten LASIK since then. He sat down with Drew Brees and, and Sean Payton. And he has to have learned a thing or two at this stop. And those 30 picks, Matt, that comes with 30 touchdowns attached to it as well. Right. He and 5,000 yards. He was the and, only person, I think, ever to be in the 30-30 club or one of the very it's few. Hard to hit. It's hard yeah. one to hit. Right. I still think he's kind of like Darnold or Wentz, where the book isn't written yet on them. There's a lot left to get. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of talent. Here's my take on the Saints, though, is when Michael Thomas got hurt, and it doesn't look like he's going to be back. Like, that bridge seems to be starting to burn between the Saints and, and Thomas. Odd, right? I think that New Orleans now looks at, it, coincidentally, the team they're playing and says... I don't know that we can win with a traditional quarterback. Hey. We might have to Lamar it up with Taysom. <laughs> well, that ain't going to work. I don't think it's Taysom's work not either. Lamar. He's no, not even right, close. right. I think that's the might be the way they try to play offense now to stay respectable. It is odd that Michael Thomas is being like he is. It feels like all it is stemming from is just Drew Brees retiring. Like I think he's been brewing it, before that. But he got his money from the he Saints. He got his money. I don't know. It seems like he a weird He ghosted one. his head coach for three months. That is odd. Uh, and then an ankle injury. Right. he blamed the team for not reaching out to him. Like, the team put out a right. statement earlier in training camp saying, we haven't heard from the guy in a couple months. And then he was, like, on Twitter, oh, they just want to make the narrative anything that anybody will believe. And it's like, well, dude, I don't think they're making up that you're not returning their calls. They would really like <laughs> right. you to be in the fold right now. And getting treatment on your bad ankle. Yes. You, you like, know, you're not waiting crucial to camp. part of this team. And, I know that they're in transition with the quarterback spot, but they have playoff aspirations. Defense is still really sure, good. And sure. Kamara and Michael Thomas, if he ever shows up, they've got a lot of good weapons on offense. They have a great offensive line. Yeah. You know, right. I mean, it's a transition it's a year for team, them. Still, right. right. And Drew Brees, in a way, held them back more than he helped them in some ways, you know, as a passer, at least, over the last couple of years. Um, and Peyton's one of those guys, like a Tomlin, like a Harbaugh. I don't know that they're ever going to bottom out. I mean, like, some of these coaches just know how to win. I always mention Belichick. 
Belichick's roster was awful last year, and he went seven and nine. You know, like yeah. that was impressive as Brady win the Super Bowl without Belichick to me. I'm not sure who had the better year, Bill or Tom. <laughs> Just getting the most out of you know half of, his de- half of his defense decided not to show up because of COVID reasons, right? And breaking and in a no quarterback, game. he can't throw the ball, Cam Newton, and and he got there like this time of year, right. and he got COVID halfway through the year, right. and he had the worst weapons in the league. Well, that's a nice segue into Mac Jones, who's one of the rookies yeah. that we saw last night, uh, Cam Newton. I just don't know if he has it in, in him anymore to be a starter in the NFL. I, yeah. I know that you kind of sound like the, the Clay Travis's and the, the nonces in the world who, like, back when Newton was an MVP, were saying, oh, he can't throw the ball. That was totally erroneous. But oh, I, right, I think right. that's actually true now at this point. I think his arm has just completely gone from him. And credit to him when he was in Carolina because he was one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, both passing and what he brought in the running game, an MVP He'll definitely be remembered in the history of football. He's not going to the Hall of Fame, but Mm-mm. you'll mention Cam Newton when you talk about unique you know, this era and unique yeah. players. But and he had some superstar seasons. But you know his unique kind of play style. Even going back into his college years with Auburn, I mean, he took a lot of beating on his body. Yeah. It might have just caught up to him to the point where he just he cannot throw the ball for an entire season. Sure, he might be able to string a couple games together where he throws for two hundred and fifty yards or mm-hmm. whatnot. But I just don't think the longevity is there for him anymore. I tend to agree. I, I think he had to overcome some ridiculous. Sounds like I'm a hater. I love Cam Newton. Yeah, I think he's uh, right, great, right. But I just it's, I mean, it's been three years yeah, since he's been good. Right. You know. So your your point is strong. Even on his best day, though, I mean, when he was winning MVPs, he was not a fundamentally sound thrower. You know, I mean, he has a ridiculously powerful arm, and he's unbelievably <laughs> gifted. But he doesn't marry his bottom half to his top half well. It's just all raw. You know, just like. He's Rob Dibble throat coming okay, out of the pen. Yeah. I mean, he's wild thing. You know, I mean, he's just chucking the ball hard. So he never was really technically sound as a passer. And so that when works when you're just an athletic freak sure. of nature. But when you lose the little, or yeah. you know, you have to fall back on those fundamentals, and he doesn't really have them. Um, I thought Mac Jones was kind of as advertised, though. I mean, I didn't watch it because the Steeler game was just going steady on. Steady Eddie, right? you know, yeah. I mean, he moves his chains, does what he's supposed to do. Not overwhelming. I mean, that's going to be his career, and. Uh, he's a lot more Brady-esque, of course. I think they'll go back to that style of offense when he inevitably takes over. And I think, you know, they probably had an inkling they might take a quarterback in this draft, but I think when Mac fell to them, it was like a slam dunk. They got to take it in the first round. Yeah. The way they tailored their offense and their offseason signings, they got two really good tight ends. I think Mm -hmm. they're going to try to run the ball a lot more this year. They'll play a lot more heavy personnel. Yeah, they made it friendlier to Cam Newton if he were to only throw five, ten yards down the field. But on the same side of the coin there, that also helps a rookie quarterback if you break him in. So now, all of a sudden, I think Belichick is sitting here thinking, well... I think Cam and Mac are probably equals right now. Cam probably a little bit more athletic than than Mac Jones is, but I don't really know if I was going to really use Cam's athleticism other than just an option in the running game. Mm -hmm. And I can just throw four or five running backs like I always do at the running game and hopefully get results there. And I think that this is an offense set up to really break Mac Jones into the league with kid gloves, but also in a way that the Patriots will be competitive this year as well. Really well said, and they also have an excellent offensive line, and you know they're well coached, of course. Right. That goes without saying. And their defense <sighs> is back this year. I think the defense with will be a top five well. or ten type of yeah. defense, too. And it's a much different situation with how they're built, but it reminds me of the Steelers a little bit. I mean, right. like all the Steelers' offensive moves, you can look at as this is a nice way for take stuff off Ben's plate, but it's also a really nice way for the new guy who's named or renamed later to walk into. I always exactly, talk about building yeah. a nest for the next quarterback. 
Well, the nest a year from now is it's pretty, pretty nice, nice here. It's right. Some receivers to play with, even if Juju leaves. And yeah. a really good running back, you hope, will be a stud by then, yeah. And you'll have offensive line answers. You'll look at the offensive line after the year and be like, okay, I, I mean, I'm totally throwing this out there. We have a center, we have a left guard, we got a right tackle, but we got two holes, we got money, we can address it. You know, whatever yeah. it is, you know. And, and I think the Patriots are in a similar situation, like you said. You can Mac Jones and Cam Newton are – night and day stylistically but the way they set it up is very friendly to both better situation for a rookie mac jones or trey lance which team do you think is built lance. around them trey lance right because that niners yeah. team you still see it on all fa- like gambling websites they're still the favorite betting wise to win the nfc west in a lot right. of people's minds so and I a big that- reason that is is they have a very easy schedule actually the patriots do too and they were like the most injured team in the, in the last 20 years last year, too. Injured so and things, COVID. It was both sides yes. of the coins there. I mean, Jimmy G could never stay on the field. Right. Kittle and all their their key guys. Trey Lance makes his debut later tonight, 830 against the mm, Chiefs. Good. Uh, any chance that he does push Jimmy G out of that spot? I think that the Niners game plan when they drafted him was redshirt season for Trey Lance. Mahomes him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He didn't play really any college. I think he played like one showcase game in college last year. Right. And this is just total redshirt season. Welcome to the NFL. Learn under Jimmy G. We'll still be very competitive with Jimmy G. Maybe a playoff team with him anyway. Mm-hmm. And very Mahomes-like. And then you just move on like you did with Alex Smith if you were the Chiefs with Jimmy G next yep. year. But it seems like the sense from camp is that Lance might be forcing their hand a little bit. And let's be quite honest, I think Jimmy G is worse than Alex Smith was at that point in their career. Alex Smith well. was playing pretty well. with Kansas. I mean, That's what I mean. People forget like, that Kansas City was a playoff team that traded perennial. up for Mahomes. Right. You know, like, and that was, that was 11 wins. Year. Alex Smith's like M.O. was 11 wins every yeah, year. Yeah, like, yeah. And Jimmy can't stay healthy. I think Jimmy's a good player, but he's hard to count on. I think you're 100% right that that was the plan with Lance. But the coach speak is, goes, well, the coach speak goes from Jimmy's our starter, it's not a conversation, to Trey's going to start getting first team reps to Trey is going to be a specific package for him. And now he's going to run with the ones a little more. He hasn't played a game yet. I mean, wait, I mean, it's kind of like Lamar and Flacco to me too. Like it's hard to go to Terrell Suggs and say, we're going to play Flacco, even though you have no answer for Lamar in practice every day, you know, like, like Cam Hayward like, and Terrell Suggs right? don't want right. to hear that stuff. Yeah. Like, we know who's better. We were there every day just like you guys are. We know Lance is better, and I think that'll be inevitable. Because here's what's interesting to me about Lance. Before I even knew where he went, you mentioned he only played one game his last year at North Dakota State. But he was way more advanced than Lawrence, Fields, you know, all those guys, except for maybe Mac Jones, in terms of changing protections, all the mental aspects of it, because – they didn't hold up a card on the sideline with Daffy Duck on it and that meant a certain play. <laughs> he had to call the whole thing like an NFL quarterback right. at North Dakota State. It was just against lesser competition. So everyone's talking about Lance, and I'm not lumping you with these guys. Before he's even drafted, he's from a small school. He only played one game. He has to sit all year. No, he hasn't played in a year. He has to play now. You know, <laughs> I mean, like sitting him, he did that last year. Why, why is sitting him the, the logical move? So... It sounds like he's just checking all boxes and going. It reminds me, honestly, of Russell Wilson whenever they they, they had Flynn, who they just paid yeah, for. Yeah, they paid a buttload of money just right. for one great game in Green Bay. And they draft Russell, and every step of the way, it's like, oh, no, Wilson's Flynn's a starter. And then one preseason goes by, it's like, 
well, we got a package for him. And, you know, like every coach speak, it's, it's just so obvious who's better. You can make the case for Lance even more than you did with Wilson back then. Wilson, middle of the draft, fourth, fifth round pick, wherever Five he was. Ten. Lance, yeah. number three overall. <laughs> right. so, they I traded mean, you, a buttload yeah, for him. Yeah, you put too, a right, lot right. into this guy. You definitely wanted to pay off. I liked what you Who said, you though. Fooling? I liked what you said, though, about, you know, players on the team, they know. So, like, they Bo- know. Bosa and Kittle are out there and they see who's the better player. And, you know, for their perspective, they were just in the Super Bowl two years ago. Mm-hmm. and With Jimmy, with all due respect. Right. right. But if they see a guy that's better than the guy that took him to the Super Bowl every day in practice, and then you do just give it back to Jimmy, you're going to get— That's a tough sell. You, you'll, you won't lose the locker room. Right. But it's it's Flacco Lamar. For sure. You know, like Flacco took, the, took him to the Super Bowl as well. A lot of veterans there. But by week eight, it's like, I'm going to lose my job if I sleep with Flacco. <laughs> and I got this superstar talent— Run and they used to do dumb things in Baltimore, like they would put Flacco and Lamar on the field together. Oh, Flacco would—he wouldn't even look like he cared to be there at all. He'd walk Stand over, straight up, and now hands on his hips. Right, like, you yeah. play ten against eleven. Like, who are we fooling here? Like, put the, the best guy out there. It's funny. Uh, I heard a podcast with Jay Cutler, and Jay was great whenever they would do that with him in Miami. They'd split him out wide, and he, okay. would, just, he would look like he hated life. Like he was going to have a cigarette. And he yeah. was—they asked him about it, and. He was like, look, I'm not – I wasn't mad that they were doing that package. I just always thought in my head, why are you wasting me? Like, why are you put, – like, put another player on the field that's not me? Like, Anyone that like, could do throw something. throw a wide receiver out there. Throw something else out there. Like, right. the defense is playing 11 on 10. They basically have a power play now. And it's you the same thing with Flacco there in block. that situation. Right, it's right, like, right. Why, why even do that? You think you're going to no fool them because he's in the huddle calling the play? You and think then, they're going to throw me the ball? <laughs> right. Like, they <laughs> better not throw squashed. Joe Flacco the ball. Right, right, right. I mean, I always used to say, I would love to see James Harrison go out wide with Flacco and just, and just stand rough him up him. at the line of right, scrimmage. Right, got five just, yards, right? Just crush just... him in press coverage, you know? I, I don't. That made no sense to me ever. Well, we talked about three of the rookies, still two more to get to, so we'll do that on the other side of the okay. break. Justin Fields made his debut earlier I guess today. it was good from what I heard. It was really good. I didn't good. see it. We yeah. will also uh, break down some other NFL storylines as well. That's on the way next. Matt Williamson and Tom Opperman with you here on the Steelers Bud Light Training Camp Report on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Training Camp Report on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by Bud Light, America's favorite light lager. FedEx, where now meets next. LECOM, Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine campuses in Erie, Greensburg, Elmira, New York, and Bradenton, Florida. By your neighborhood Ford store. Excella Health, Expert Care, here. And by Ireland Contracting, Pittsburgh's number one home exterior expert. Call 1-800-NEW-ROOF or visit irelandcontracting.com. About 30 minutes or so left here on the Bud Light Steelers training camp report. Tom Opperman and Matt Williamson live from the ESPN studios. Talking it's been about, fun, dude. It's been a great show yeah, so far. It's, no, no I've honestly blinked, and I can't believe we're already at just 30 minutes. <laughs> I know, I was thinking that, too. Right. Like, wow, exactly. we only half an hour Football left. on the TV, too. I know it doesn't count. It's make-believe. But, yeah, it's but still, still, it's, it's still great to stuff, just watch yeah. it. There's nothing. I mean, I'm not watching baseball, Matt. I just won't do oh, it. I, I can't. Why would you when the Pirates are this bad? And just to be quite honest with you, the sport's boring in general anyway. Uh, me, too. And they're, they've been dead to me for probably 15 years or so. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to waste my time any longer for a team that's not interested in winning. But I'll rather watch Trace McSorley. No, no doubt about it. And yeah. again, you know, there's te- you pick and choose preseason games. There will be some that are massively important to watch. And I think the one that kicked everything off today at one o'clock was the Bears and the Dolphins game. I mean, 
the Dolphins started Tua, and he played a good bit of that game as you expected him to. Sure. Certainly not established as a starter yet. I mean, he couldn't. But he even, needs to. He couldn't even take the job from Fitzpatrick completely last mm-hmm. year. It was kind of a musical chairs situation there. So you got to see Tua get some run and. Although Andy Dalton did get the start for the Bears, the majority of the snaps went to Justin Fields. Quite That's honestly, yeah. Matt, more than I thought he would see. He came really? in late in the first quarter, and he was in there until about the fourth quarter of the game. So they definitely wow. got a good look. He threw 20 passes. And that's their first game, like everybody else. Yep. I mean, it's, you would think that he's into them. 14 um, to 20, 142 yards and a touchdown for Justin okay. Fields. Wow. And what was his rushing total? Five for 33. Okay. With a touchdown as well. I obviously didn't see any of it. Uh, and again, I'll go back and watch a lot of these games. Uh, my 14-year-old, though, could be a future scout, so, side note, <laughs> but he's got a pretty good eye for these things. And he happens to be a huge Ohio State fan. I have no idea it's how in that the genes, happened. Man. Yeah. I mean, and he was telling me, he's like, my man Fields looked great. He watched a lot of it today. And I was ch- chatting with him before we came here. And he's like, yeah, he looks explosive. And, he was right. You know, he looked awesome. Yeah, right? that's exciting. I loved him coming out of school. I mean, he was my number two quarterback in this class. I thought so, too. Yeah. I, and it felt like it was like lock, when they played each other in the playoff and he beat. Right. It felt like what if, everybody walked away this guy? from that yeah. and was like one and two right there. Lawrence is one, and he's obviously number two. Yeah. And I mean, really deep, we accurate it, passer. You he know. just seemed to be the guy that fell for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't know why Denver and Carolina and a couple of those teams just didn't jump on him. I mean, Denver especially. I guess Carolina, you try with Darnold. I can sort of understand better that. better than Darnold right now. Right. I'd rather Fields than Darnold. Yeah. And kind of like we talked about with the Lance and Mac Jones situation, I'm curious how the Bears handle this. Because Dalton's not even an incumbent. I mean, like, Dalton's better than Foles and Trubisky. Okay, that's not saying a whole lot. I mean, he wasn't that impressive taking over Dak in a high-powered offense last year. So who are you fooling? I mean, Fields, to me, is way harder to play against than Dalton. And if if he has all sorts of, you know, growing pains, so what? Again, another. you said this about Lance in our last segment. Another guy that the Bears put a lot of draft capital up on the line Good to point. move right. up to get him in the, I think it was 10th or 11th is when they right in that neighborhood, in yeah. pick him. So if you were so high enough to you know sacrifice some of your future on him, why would you toil away a couple games with Andy Dalton? I you don't know? understand I mean, it. That's just such a wasted wasted exercise. You're not Andy Dalton's not one of these guys like a Fitzpatrick maybe in Miami last year where you could say, you know what? If we have a good enough team around him, he could probably get us to the playoffs. Maybe like a Jimmy right. G in San Francisco this year as well. That you're not getting that at Andy Dalton, no matter. No. And on top of that, the Bears around him aren't necessarily anything to write home about either. And I know the Bears went to the playoffs last year, but they weren't a playoff they caliber team. Door, and, yeah. and you hope that the coach and GM aren't just saying, you know, we're just going to do everything we can to keep our job, which unfortunately is a lot of the motivation for a lot of these guys. Which I understand. You don't. Want, you don't want to. No one wants to get fired. You don't right. want to move. You take your kids out of school and move across country and all those things. I mean, there's a human element to it. It is but... easier to do those things when you're coming off of millions of dollars of contract money. <laughs> that too. But you don't want to do them. I mean, no. Plus, it's just to keep the personal job pride and... too. I mean, you just, right. no one wants to be fired, especially in such a public forum. It's just Fields is an immense talent, and is there a mental or physical thing there that made him drop, quote, drop a little that we don't know about or I didn't recognize or people didn't know? Maybe. But if he's passing every test, it's the same conversation. How do you go to Khalil Mack and be like, we're starting Andy? You know, like, eh, no. 
you're not going to get anything from Andy Dalton anymore. That's no. that ship has passed. Like you said last year, everybody thought he was probably one of the best backups in football. And when Dak went down, it was all, you know what? The Cowboys might not be so bad off. I know they're only one and four at this point, but with that bad division, Dalton might be able to steal a couple wins, get him back in the race. And he was just terrible until yeah. he himself got injured for the rest of the season. So there's just nothing there to inspire any sense of an actual position battle happening. One thing I will say, though, and Jimmy's way better than Dalton. Way on his best, for, you know, like his it's best not day. even close. Right, not even close. And I think in over the course of their careers as well, even if you wanted to go yeah. back to Dalton's prime, Jimmy G's been better than than Dalton was. <laughs> That's a pet peeve of mine too. Dalton's prime, you know, he was almost like the Mendoza line back there. <laughs> he he was not ever an average quarterback. He was always a below average quarterback with AJ Green in his Great prime. Great wide receiver, and, yeah. And a, and they were just defense. okay. The yeah. defense was great for Cincinnati exactly. in that. That era. was that, a loaded team. That defense is what carried them into those playoffs and made them such a competitive mm -hmm. team. He was never an average quarterback. No, no starting no, quarterback, the fifteenth no, best quarterback in the league. No, no, that's a joke. But one point that my colleague Jacob Recht on the Steelers Standard keeps bringing up, though, that first game for the Bears, a Monday Night Football game where you have to travel across the country, and who do you draw? You draw the L.A. Rams and Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. That's a really tough boat to drop your rookie quarterback into. Traveling across the country, West Coast game in general is already a tough thing, but to have the best player in the past and 30, 40 years too. in defense. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't trade the Steelers' O-line for the Bears' O-line. They're right there with the Steelers right. as far as question marks are concerned. So. And it's not just Aaron Donald you have to worry about. He's certainly the biggest one, but the Rams defense oh, is top yeah. five. So that's a really tough ask for your rookie. They also, I mean, I was no defense coordinator in L.A., but they throw a lot at you that's hard to process, too. I mean, that's a hard defensive play And even if you say you do get past uh, Donald and you're throwing the ball down the field, Jalen Ramsey's a pretty damn good corner right. there, too. So. That's a tough spot. Maybe you throw Dalton out there as like a sacrificial lamb for one right, game. Right, take a beating and for then the a next month game at so. home. You right. throw Justin Fields out there. I understand that logic too, you know, and everyone's watching and it's a primetime game, I think you said, you know. Right. But part of me thinks, well, if that ruins Fields and he was never the guy to begin with, I, I think you have to be in the building to really understand those things a little better. And we have a tough time judging it from afar. But he does have that, you know, athleticism cheat code that Mac Jones doesn't, you know, you can devise a lot of designed runs for fields to keep his head above water while he learns things. Yeah, no question. And it doesn't have to be all about the passing game. Like you said, it can no. be, you can be creative. And I think Matt Nagy is supposed to be a very creative offensive mind as far as what he's bringing to the table. So hopefully he finally see a little bit more of that come to fruition. You haven't yet in his career. Honestly, I think Nagy's probably overstayed his welcome in Chicago probably. as head coach. You I know. think Pace has too, the GM. It, the weird thing with, with them last year too is the flipping to Foles and Trubisky where I don't think Trubisky's that good. No. But Trubisky was by far their, the best quarterback for them that season. Nobody I mean, seems to realize that. No, he was right. – very serviceable. Then he gets benched, and Foles goes like one and five or something. Foles is almost jumped. puts them out of the race, yeah. and then Trubisky has to come in and win a couple games down the stretch to even backdoor them into the playoffs last year. So that's a very questionable coaching decision there in general. Mm -hmm. And now you're dealing with a guy in Fields who, I mean, he's a thousand times better than both the guys you had last year. So you got to kind of trust Nagy's ability to deal with an actual good quarterback in his roster if he if he botched Trubisky so badly. Yeah, that's a good point. I think you're 100 percent dead on there. And it's not the same, but everyone loves to lump the 2019 Steelers quarterbacks together. Rudolph and Duck. You know, Duck I totally agree with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Rudolph like, just because quarterback play, ahead, right. right. I mean, just because quarterback play was terrible for a year and you didn't have a guy, 
doesn't mean that those two dudes were the same. You know, I know Trubisky wasn't great, but he was a lot better than the other guy. Rudolph was a lot better than Duck. <laughs> I yeah. mean, like, Duck's never going to throw another pass again. And the dynamic was weird, man. Like, the Bears started out, like, 4-1 and one or, like, 5, yeah. and they were really good. And then, for whatever reason, Nagy was just like, I'm going with Foles. Foles is the guy that we've seen in practice. And it's just like, well, dude, like, you've been ripping off wins with Trubisky. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like he's the best coach there in Chicago. I don't New coach. New quarterback combination. Uh, obviously, you see that in Jacksonville, but you also see that with the number two overall pick yeah. in New York. Robert Sala coming over from the Niners. First-year head coach for the Jets, dealing with Zach Wilson. I-, I hate to say this because all four of them, other than Lawrence, could probably turn out to be busts. You know, jury's still out with all of them, even Lawrence sure. in some cases. But I think he's the one. Wilson's the one that I think screams the bust out of all of them. I don't think there's much yeah. to write home about about him. I understand that, you know, He's really athletically gifted, and like you kind of said with Fields, you can kind of design some running things with him to break him, and you can do the same with with a Zach Wilson. You can design some runs to make sure you take. But he's you don't a lot put too smaller. Much those guys not going to be able to get a hit like Justin Fields is no. going to be able to get hit in the NFL. Or and there's no security blanket in New York. I mean, we talk about Minshew in Jacksonville. We talk about Jimmy G in San Fran. Oh, yeah. Even Andy Dalton in Chicago. There's no one else in the quarterback room has ever thrown a pass. No one. It's insane. There's not even an air of competition there. You know no. it's Zach Wilson's job. There's just no question about it because you're not going to throw. I don't even know who number two is off the top of my head. But I, don't is, I think it's Morgan, who they drafted like in the fifth round last year, who never played. But they should have a Batch or a Leftwich or a McCown or, you know what I mean? Or the the, the Eagles go out and they got a Flacco. Right, right, Hurts. right. That's Somebody that's going to be a mentor. Um, the, the things that worry me about Wilson – or he's little, and he's he's not a thickly built guy. And he never had to deal with pressure at BYU. I mean, the teams, they, he was never under a lot of stress from the pass rush. So you didn't see point. it, you know, and he's going to be. I mean, there's For what no it's question. worth, too, their best game last year, opponent-wise, was Coastal Carolina. Mm-hmm. Still no one to write home about, but he lost that game. And he lost that game, right. and that was his best competition. Yeah. You know, uh, those I learned this when I was scouting. I was watching BYU linemen. And the one scout turned to me. He's like, "You realize these guys are like 26 years old. Yeah, they've all been on Mormon missions, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, like they're grown men out there blocking Mountain West guys or whatever. So he was never under a lot of pressure. What I like, though, and I hesitate to say this because the Jets are a train wreck for 30 years or whatever. Yeah, I think Joe Douglas, their GM, who I've met a few times, and Robert Sala are the right people for the job." And I think Douglas has done a nice job. Backup quarterback aside, Becton, Vera Tucker, Elijah Moore, you know, spending around him, Morgan Moses, that I I almost believe, I'm not contradicting what you said about Wilson because I didn't love him coming out. But if I were to invest in quarterbacks once you find their landing spot, and like Haskins is a perfect example of this, I might invest in the team more than the player. You know, like Washington was a, was a, a dumpster fire when he got there. The Jets look like they're not a dumpster fire anymore. They got a long way to go, but I think they have a plan. I think Salah is overdue to be hired for a head coach, yes. honestly. I yes. think he's phenomenal. What he did with that Niners defense over the past couple of seasons has been great. One of the best defenses in the NFL. Rode them to a Super Bowl for sure in 2019. So, yeah, I think Salah's the right guy. Great points you brought up about Joe Douglas. Another guy that I think flies under the radar, and maybe he should be flying under the radar because who knows what two years off is going to do to you, but Le'Veon Bell wasn't the only big signing they made in 2019. C.J. Mosley was yeah, a huge right. addition that they went and invested a lot of money in. He missed 2019 with injury, and then Good I point. think he opted out 2020 for he COVID did, he reasons. Did, he did. 
So you but never he's know like what the highest paid linebacker in the league. You never know what two years are going to do. Right. But if he comes back to that 2018 form, all of a sudden they've got one of the better linebackers in the middle of their defense now. It's a great point. He's easily forgotten without question. And I know for a fact the Ravens thought that they were bringing him back. You know, they the Jets just get, yeah. yeah. I mean, and I trust the Ravens to no end. You know, they thought they had a deal. They thought that, you know, he would not get close to the crazy money that the Jets gave him. Well, as bad franchises do. Yes. They and he had every intentions of bringing him back. They wanted him. It wasn't a case of, we're done with this guy. You know, you might be right. Who knows what he is, but he's a wild card. We're going to get back into some okay. Steelers talk uh, to wrap things up in the last segment. We'll keep it quarterback-centric, though, because everybody in town wants to talk about the backup. So we'll do that and wrap things up here on the Bud Light Steelers training camp report right here on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Training Camp Report on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by Bud Light, America's favorite light lager. FedEx, where now meets next. LECOM, Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine campuses in Erie, Greensburg, Elmira, New York, and Bradenton, Florida. By your neighborhood Ford store. Excella Health, Expert Care, here. And by Ireland Contracting, Pittsburgh's number one home exterior expert. Call 1-800-NEW-ROOF or visit irelandcontracting.com. Final few moments here of the Bud Light Steelers training camp report. Tom Offerman and Matt Williamson taking you to the top of the hour. We haven't talked about the backup quarterback hmm. battle, quote-unquote, all show long. It's really been just dominating the Steelers talk from since the beginning of camp, I think. I get it. I, I kind of get it, too. At the same time, how important is it really going to be if things play out perfectly? Not important at all. But you just never know what's going to happen with Ben and, you know, it could end up being the most important position battle of this game. It could. In a real, real hurry. What's your take on it? It's tough because I think Haskins has looked really good. Me much, too. Much Me better too. than I think we all anticipated he would look. That's been a successful pickup. Coming up. in, no question yeah, about right, it. I, I think he's for sure found himself on the 53-man roster. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no question about that. Dobbs is the odd man out as far as the quarterback rooms is concerned. And I also think Dobbs is the one guy you could put on your practice squad and get away with. Like Probably. If Haskins gets stashed on the squad, he's getting oh, picked, he's up, picked no up. Oh, he's getting picked up for sure. No doubt it. about it. Yeah, you got to keep him. Yeah, so I think he solidified that. But I just don't know if I'm ready to just make him the number two guy because what has mm -hmm. Mason really done to prove that he isn't just as good as Dwayne Haskins? I mean, he was eight for nine in the game yesterday. I know he hasn't led the scoring drive like Haskins has in the Hall of Fame game and three of them in the Philadelphia game. But he still looks really good i mean I, yeah. I haven't seen anything from mason where i've been like well this guy's regressed or he looks the same i think he looks like he's getting better at the quarterback position and more familiar with i was gonna say that classic cliche more familiar with the offense but that's probably not true right now because it's a very new offense for everybody he's got one year with canada kind of in the fold and around him right more than haskins does but more familiar with the receivers and the coaching the staff dynamic, are more familiar yeah. with him too and they have to trust Rudolph more. I think just more of a comfortable NFL player at this point. Yeah, he's, I think that's He's got true. his feet wet more than Haskins does. I love Haskins, but I think in the Hall of Fame game, they deliberately gave him a lot of build-your-confidence throws. He didn't he didn't push the ball down the field very much. Haskins. He looked very good doing it. And a lot of layups in that one. And then the second game, I thought he really broke out and looks way better. I also will say, you know, you can isolate the quarterback play, and both have played well. But Rudolph's had tougher surroundings than Haskins, you know, especially against the Eagles. I mean, they're going against Fletcher Cox and Javon right, Hargrave, you know, and, you know, there was that was a better team 
than what was around Rudolph, where Haskins, you know, was playing with a line that was dominating and they're running the ball down the throats of a, a beat up Eagles team. So I think you can't overlook that. And again, there, when there's a winner, it doesn't mean there's a loser. You no, know, like no Rudolph has done nothing. If Haskins didn't exist, we'd all be happy with Rudolph as a backup. You know yeah, what I mean? Think, wow, Rudolph looks solid right now. He looks he better looks every like, time you see him. Exactly. Right. He's getting know, better. It might not be that big of a deal if Ben has to miss a game or two this year because right. Rudolph looks solid. And agreed, if Haskins was out of the equation, we'd still be comfortable with the backup situation. But the quarterback room for the Steelers, I mean – it's really one of the best in the NFL when you take a look at it from one, two to three now with Haskins emerging because they really have two number twos. I think Haskins I think so and Rudolph are, are step in step with each other. But like mm-hmm. we're saying, Rudolph just he's more familiar with everything and he hasn't done anything to lose that job yet. So you have to give it to him. And I think the Steelers have made their minds up, too. I think if there was any question in Tomlin's mind or Canada's mind as to who would be number two, you would have seen Haskins with the ones against the Eagles since Rudolph I got to run with the ones with the Cowboys. Yeah. But yeah, since I... you saw ha- Rudolph again get the reps with the first team, and then you know Ben's going to get the reps from the Lions game, and then who knows how many ones are even going to be out there against Carolina. Mm-hmm. So I think if the time, the smoke signal would have been sent that there is a legit battle in the Steelers' mind if you saw Haskins get the start in the Eagles game. Yeah, because then it's like, let's give each, each of these guys an equal opportunity. I would handle it this way, though. I, I mean, I, I, I 100% think Rudolph is the backup on opening day. And I think he helps you get out of a game if Ben goes down, you know, during the game. Give you a chance to maybe claw your way back in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you trust him more and changing protections and the things that we don't always notice that much. If, heaven forbid, you know, Ben would get hurt on Saturday and be out for two months or the year. 2019 style, yeah. I think Haskins, you see what you got. You, You know what I mean? Assuming that's not the case, though, I would give Haskins almost the entire fourth game. You know, just have him be the starter, play all through it, and just this is your every situation. Two minutes, end of half, end of game. We'll give you a decent supporting cast. You're not getting nausea, and you know, but you're not going to play against superstars either. But you'll see Belage. We'll we'll throw Johnson, Deontay out there with with you for a couple series. Yeah, Yeah. Ebron will run a couple of downs with you. You don't have to look over your shoulder. Take this whole game start to finish, and just. Be the guy and see how you handle it. I'd love to see that. I think that'd be a great exercise because I honestly get the feeling that, yeah, I agree. Rudolph's the guy, you know, spot start for a week, maybe Mm -hmm. two weeks, finish out a game, mop up duty. He's the perfect spot now. But if you look past Ben, I don't think either of them are going to be the guy. Probably not. But Haskins kind of strikes you as more of the mold of an heir apparent than a Rudolph. If one of them is, it's It's going to be Haskins. His ceiling's way higher. That's why I think that's. That long term, if Ben's mm-hmm. out, why not just pull the trigger there and just find out what you got with the guy? But again, you do that too in the Carolina game and just see how yeah. he handles an entire football game. What do you think about this? Though? I was thinking about this earlier today. You know, they shorten the preseason for the NFL this year. Steelers mm-hmm. get four games like usual, but they would have had five if it was a, a year like last year or, or m- many of the years prior to that. With Haskins' performance against the Eagles, where they kind of let it open up a little bit more, I wonder if they had you know, the usual schedule, and this was just their second preseason game, and they had two more after that, and the dress rehearsal was still a couple weeks away. I wonder if now they'd be tempted to throw Haskins out there with the Mm. ones. Because like you said, in the Cowboys game, a lot of just build your confidence throws. Right, right, right. Didn't really see much that you were like, okay, now he has a legitimate shot. But I think you walked away from the Eagles game, and you were like, wow. Like, I know he was playing against a lot of backups, but, man, he he looked like the best player on the field with those backups. Yeah, uh, maybe. I mean, there's obviously a time crunch here. 
And it would be awful hard, even if he took my suggestion and he would start to finish final game guy to put him over Rudolph. You know what I mean? Because yeah, Rudolph didn't yeah. do anything wrong and didn't couldn't defend himself. You know what I mean? Uh, it's interesting. I mean, if he would have five games and we were going into the third one with two remaining, would Haskins have earned that that honor to you know get the the, the lion's share of the number one reps? Maybe. Um, Dale brought something up that was interesting today that's not unique with this team, but Ben rarely practices on Wednesdays and isn't going to this year, and that's by design. That doesn't yeah, mean right. Ben lazy, Ben's is lazy or anything no, like that. No, it's been like that forever. Yeah, and he needs to save his body. That, that's how they're oh, going to handle for it. for sure. We saw how he faded last year. Yeah. So Haskins and Rudolph will get more snaps during the regular season than most backup quarterbacks and certainly any third quarterback in the league. I mean, so the development will continue, and they'll see him a lot. So you'll see Ben in this game against the Lions. Is that something that you're comfortable with? I kind of was thinking I would be fine with Ben just not playing. I think last year with the pandemic, it really proved that guys don't need a preseason to really come out ready to go. Ben was, I know. I'm more in that camp, too. Ben was ready to go last year, and he's a guy that he doesn't need those kind of tune-ups. I think if you asked Ben, which I think they might have, he probably mm-hmm. said, yeah, I want to go out there. and Throw me out there for a couple of series. Let me get knocked around a little bit and just kind of get my feet wet before – yeah. It starts happening for real. But I just think that, look, there's so much riding on on you staying healthy this year and you not getting fatigued like last year that it's just probably in everybody's best interest that you just don't make an appearance in the preseason. And, and week one in Buffalo is the first time you actually you know put on the, the real game jersey. I lean that way all the time. I, I mean, really, pre-pandemic, if you notice when Sean McVay took over the Rams, he didn't play girly. Donald, he didn't even play golf in the preseason at all. You know, I mean, right. he's my starting quarterback. He's not a Hall of Famer, but That's he's my golf, starting right. quarterback. Yeah. Right. I'm not playing him because he's too valuable. And then the pandemic hits and you realize maybe these guys don't need it and they'll get ready as the season goes on. You got an extra game. So, you know, it's a longer season. You got to prepare them more than ever. And we're seeing it. I'd have to look, look around the league and how today's gone. But I really think these coaches are going to save their stars no matter what their age is more than ever. I would be perfectly fine. Hayward too at Watt Minka. I mean, well, Watt ain't playing for sure. Well, Watt ain't playing, that, right? Yeah. I mean, Harris to some degree. I agree, but I understand. I think right? All those guys, you know what you're getting. There's you know no, what you're getting. There's no need to even go through the dress rehearsal kind of thing. They're ready to go. I think so too. And last year, just really that. If there was Confirmed ever any more. doubt in coach's yeah. mind, like, do we really need these preseasons? I mean, that was your. It was your experiment right there, and it pays, mm-hmm. and you saw how it worked out. So uh, absolutely, I, I, I think they can definitely get away with not playing. So will Ben play a series or two right. just to kind of go through the I motions? Guess. Fine, okay. I mean, if that's something he wants to do, that's how I would treat it. Though, I mean, I'd be getting him out there, out of there as soon as possible, and you know, same with Hayward and Tuit and all the stars. That's it for us, Matt. Okay. Wrapping it up. This Blank was a blast. Line, it's over. Two hours in the books. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Bud Light Steelers Training Camp Report. For Matt Williamson, I am Tom Opferman. Make sure you listen to SNR tomorrow. We'll have wall-to-wall coverage as we have throughout training camp. Thanks again for listening to ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio.